Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, the 11th time isn't a charm either. The Pittsburgh Pirates still do not have a sweep, and with about five and a half weeks of the season remaining, yeah, it's not looking too good that they'll get that first one. Still have some opportunities, and that is technically two series wins in a row, but not a great outlook at the moment. Good morning, and welcome to the podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stumpf. Wednesday's loss to the Diamondbacks was ugly for a multitude of reasons. There's everything surrounding Gregory Polanco and that misplay in right field. And look, if you want more Greg talk, Dayon has it a daily shot. Go listen to that. For the sake of not being redundant, I'm going to just gloss over it here. Because... I don't know how much is left to be said about Gregory Polanco that I haven't already written or put into a podcast or Dayon hasn't written or put into a podcast either. I just don't know if there's anything left to say at this point. The middle relief for the bullpen. We all kind of expected it to take a hit. Well, we knew it was going to take a hit after they trade Rodriguez, after they trade uh, Clay Holmes, after they trade Austin Davis, I, I mean, that it was a pretty good core of relievers that they ended up moving. Not to mention releasing Kyle Crick, who wasn't having a great year, but he came into the year as, you know, potential back end of the bullpen, you know, you know, guy. He's gone too. It's a very thin group at the moment. They got hit. Kyle Keller and Anthony Bonda got hit. The offense... Two runs, five hits. Just not good situational hitting. Not a lot of power in that lineup. We've, we've heard all this stuff before. One good thing about Wednesday's game. Bryce Wilson. Who, uh, th- this isn't fair to him. This isn't fair to the rest of the pitching staff. But right now... In the loosest definition of the word ace, in that, you know, it is your pitching staff's best pitcher, not, you know, ace-like stuff or, you know, one of the top 10, five, whatever, however you entail an ace. But Bryce Wilson might be the Pirates' best starting pitcher right now. That start on Wednesday... He started off with a little more heat than he closed with. Not exactly shocking after, you know, taking some time off because of arm fatigue, going back in there, a little extra juice going on, but he does a lot of things well. 
He goes right after hitters. He moves the fastball around in the zone. It's not overwhelming, overpowerful stuff, but he can move it around the strike zone. He has a good feel for his stuff. He has a good feel for where it's going to go. It's a pretty classic, this guy isn't going to beat himself. And there's going to be, I mean, the 15 whiffs and the seven strikeouts on on Wednesday, the 15 whiffs are a career high. And the only other time he's ever approached that was August 8th, where he had 13. So two starts, two of his last three starts with his new club, he's getting all these new whiffs. Okay, this is a new development. This is something that we should probably keep an eye on here. Not saying that he was a, you know, pitch to contact, you know, pitcher. But there was definitely some profile trends for that. Anyone who uses a two-seamer or sinker nowadays is going to have some pitch-to-contact profile. But he used almost the four-seamer exclusively, moved it around, especially up. Breaking stuff was able to play off of it. Bryce Wilson is an intriguing pickup. Whenever people say, you know, I'm done with Mitch Keller. You know, like just just trade him, just cut your losses now. Well, that's kind of what Atlanta kind of what Atlanta did. I mean, Atlanta was was looking to buy bullpen help, which is why they made the deal. They didn't set out to trade Bryce Wilson, but that was just how the trade ended up working out. You know, trade a major league starting pitcher for a, a major league reliever. And there isn't a whole lot of safety net with Bryce Wilson. He can't be option next year. All the options are gone. And frankly, he hasn't had a great track record in the major leagues. But what he's shown in these past couple starts with the Pirates is first of all, he's going to challenge hitters. He's going to challenge hitters in the zone. And I like someone like JT Brubaker. Brubaker does his best work whenever his slider's going and he's making making hitters make mistakes. They're chasing pitches, whatever. Not to say that Brubaker can't get into the zone, but whenever he's really working, it's the spin stuff and it's dropping out. It's falling out of the zone and batters are getting themselves out. Wilson's kind of the opposite of that. Wilson is more in the Stephen Brault camp. And that Stephen Brault, his terminology of being the, the freaking throwing machine. We've seen Brault, you know, have really good stretches. He's on a really good stretch right now. We've also seen him, throughout his major league career, get hit hard. But as he's continued to mature, he's been a lot better in this, in this new regime since 2020. Injuries have definitely taken their toll and limited the sample size. But overall, the results, the ERA, they've been very good for Steven Brault. And whenever you watch him pitch, it's not like, man, he really got out of, you know, a jam there. He That could have really gone sideways. It's like, no, he's generally in control. And I think Bryce Wilson could be a right-handed version of that, but with a higher ceiling. Like, Stephen Brault, for a lot of teams, is going to fall somewhere between, like, their number four to number six starter. And maybe that's it for Bryce Wilson. But I think I think a good, you know, ceiling projection is, like, a number three 
like a good middle rotation guy who whenever he goes out there and he was on a pitch count because he was coming off of arm fatigue. That's why he was pulled after five innings, not because of anything else. But someone that goes out there is going to challenge hitters, is going to give you six or seven innings each time out, keep the team in the ball game. That's kind of what you want out of a number three pitcher. I think Bryce Wilson can be that. Not the guy that you build around in the rotation, but definitely someone that you can build with. And he's going to be here for a while. And it's encouraging to see that there are starting pitchers still taking strides here. Like Oscar Marine, he, he was dealt a very tough hand coming into this season. And whenever someone like Mitch Keller doesn't really click, that's problematic because there are only X amount, only a handful of pitchers coming into this year that you know you looked at and like, well, they could actually be part of this rotation a couple years into the future. Mitch Keller was one. JT Brubaker had that great start of the season, but then really, really got into a rut. Maybe it was a workload problem. Maybe it was a mechanical problem. Maybe it was a mentality problem. Whatever it is, it's just an extended not good period for about two and a half months. He more times than not, far more times than not, out of those two and a half months, it was about two months of just not good starts, of just bad outings. They have a couple arms in this rotation, on this pitching staff, that they can potentially use. Bryce Wilson isn't the sexiest out of all of them, but he does look the most reliable, applicable, someone that you just could throw in there and be like, all right, just continue to grow. Because a lot of this pitching depth that the Pirates have in the system, it's in Greensboro. It's in Bradenton. Next year, a full year in Miguel Yajuri, presumably, the, the debut of Ronzi Contreras, Max Kranich will probably get more times up in the major leagues. Who knows what happens with say, Cody Ponce or stuff like that, there isn't a ton of Major League pitching depth ready to go at the get-go of 2022. Maybe the Pirates need to search for another Tyler Anderson or someone to help bridge that gap this offseason again. Bryce Wilson being someone who could finish strong, have a good couple months in a Pirates uniform, build ahead of steam of 2022, knowing he's part of that Major League rotation, I think would be beneficial not only for the Pirates, but especially his development. That's something that he didn't really get with Atlanta. He's got that opportunity now. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to the podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stumpf. I think we have to talk about the Pirates Prize rookie here for a segment. Because this has been a weird year for Key Brian Hayes. By the time that I record next, 
Hayes would have been in the major leagues for over a year. September 1st marks his one-year anniversary with the Pirates. And that first month, <laughs> even reflecting on it back now, it's like, that was something special. We, I'm glad we all appreciated how special that month was, because it was about as good a month as we have seen from any Pirates player, position player, not even just rookie you know, debut month, just any month in general, any MVP month you could think of, Hayes' September last year is in the ballpark of how good that was. This year, he hasn't had it at the plate. He doubled on Wednesday. He tripled on Monday, both to right field. And I think we've officially crossed this point where going to center, going to right is no longer just, you know, good outlook for for Hayes. And it's like, this is probably a problem that needs addressed before, you know, next season. Whether it's, you know, the last couple weeks here, whether it's the off season, whether it's spring training, he's going to do a better job pulling the ball. Because if he gets a high and tight fastball, he cannot go to right field with that. You can't get the barrel of the bat through the zone that late. All right, you have to get ahead of the pitch. You have to pull something like that. I don't say this as a detriment. He's a rookie. He's still a rookie. He's a rookie who had a wrist injury at the beginning of the year. And even though he says, no, no, it's fine. It's you know nothing to stem from that. That stuff tends to linger. So... It could be like a broken handmate where you come back and it's like, no, I'm 100%. But even if the player doesn't know it, you're not 100% whenever you come back. You can look at all that. But how about this? He's missed two months because of the injury. So he's really only played about half a season. And in that half a season, he's been worth 1.7 war according to baseball reference. Over the course of a full year, with a little variation of, of how he does as a hitter over that other half of the season, we're looking at someone who would finish somewhere between three and four war as a rookie. And people were concerned about him? <laughs> I mean, that's an impact player your rookie season. That's an impact player, your rookie season, when there is obvious room for growth as a hitter. More untapped ceiling that you could get to. We have seen him hit in the major leagues. We have seen him pull baseballs in the major leagues. That's what he did for a lot of September. He's had, it's a rookie struggles. You know, it's a cat and mouse game. There's a lot that goes into it. But in the grand scheme of things, if Hayes would have played a full season, finished the year with 3.4, 3.5 war, it'd be like, okay, well, he's not competing with Rodgers in Miami or India in Cincinnati, but a little rookie of the year consideration, I mean, actually more than a little, I mean, he'd probably be kind of in the mix with them. Maybe he doesn't overtake them, but if he hit, you know, He's at, what, five home runs right now? 10 
to 15 in that range. (laughs) I get the OPS plus is like 90 right now. He's not producing at an average level. There are problems at the plate, and I don't believe it stems from, oh, he missed first base, and that's whenever things started to go down. I'm like, no, no, it wasn't that. It's just the league has adjusted. He's trying to adjust back. It's a process. He's a rookie. You, you expect stuff like this. But even through it, he's providing great value because of his defense. That play that he made Tuesday night, that play that he made... Ranging, he's close to the regular shortstop position, ranging down to the third baseline, getting it, throwing it. it. That needs to be a perfect throw, and it is right on the money. It's a perfect, perfect throw. He's good. He's, he's good. He's like everything we heard about the defense, it has been as billed. And if you want to go back, you know, a year or two ago, you know, a lot of the concern with Hayes is, is he going to hit enough? Because we all knew the glove was going to be really good. And the thought was, like, look, if he could be even just like a roughly league average hitter, even a little worse, he will be a good baseball player because of what he brings with the defense. And that's what we're seeing this rookie year. Obviously, there's a ton of room to grow as a hitter. He's working on stuff. He's told me that he's figuring some stuff out. He's not swinging at the best of pitches. He keeps going after that high and tight one and trying to shoot it out to center or right field. That's something you got to turn on. You got to open up the hips, get the barrel out in front of the plate. You just have to do that. And he knows that. He recognizes that. It's, it's a process, though. If he could somehow hit like September over a course of a year, with that defense, that he would win an MVP. Like, Brian Reynolds is in MVP talks right now, but that's because this is kind of a weak year in the National League for MVP. And even by MVP talks, I'm meaning, like, he'll be, you know, somewhere on the ballot. Like, Brian Reynolds finishing fifth for MVP this year is very in the realm of possibility. But that also took injuries to Tatis for most of the year, and he still might end up winning it, to DeGrom, to Acuna, Soto not really clicking for half a season, you know, all that stuff. It's kind of a weak field in the National League this year. Brian Reynolds has the potential to be a really good baseball player for years and years and years and years to come, the type of guy that you can make, you know, a building block, a cornerstone type player. But he's not MVP Andrew McCutcheon. He is... Five to six war, you know, which is great. That's perennial all-star if he can do that. Hayes is the guy that has the MVP ceiling. And we're seeing that right now whenever he's been below average as a hitter, but still having a good rookie season whenever you look at his war. There's a reason why Scott Boris is recruiting him, people. He's not worried about a little slump at the plate this year or him just being meh as a hitter this year. He sees the potential, too. And that guy has a pretty good eye for talent 
also. <laughs> you can be concerned as a pirate fan of, oh man, Scott Boris might actually get the pirates' biggest you know, client right here, their best player. Make him a client, and who knows what happens to those extension talks that the Pirates and Hayes had the last two spring trainings. Who knows what that does for his future with the organization. But it's one of those, it's it's always good to be wanted. Like you're in a relationship and someone asks you out for drinks. It's like, no, 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 I'm taken, I'm taken. I'm flattered, I'm taken. No, you know, that's... Like that's the weird, barely applicable example I'll go with there. So yeah, we're we're gonna keep talking about Hayes's bat because that is where there is the most room to grow. As a player overall, though, no, this has been a fairly good rookie season. And you know what? If you're concerned about sophomore slumps or anything like that, whenever you have that solid of foundation and defense, it's tough to be just a bad baseball player if you field that well. I mean, geez, Newman doesn't field as well as him and has like the worst OPS among MLB regulars, and even he's above replacement level right now. Hayes has got him beat significantly in both areas. Hayes will be fine. Thank you for listening to the podcast to be named later. If you haven't already, be sure to to subscribe to DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasts, wherever you find, find podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week.